Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Brandon Champ Robinson with the Imagination Upgraded Podcast. Back again. This is like episode eight, I want to say. And uh, these episodes are more special to me than others because I like I like to bring in people from the city, first of all. But not only is he from my city, he's somebody that I looked up to and admired for a long time. And that's my boy, Chad Roper. What's good, bro? Man, man, thank you for having me, champ, man. I appreciate this, brother. I flew all the way out here just for this, man, because anytime my people want to do something, I want to be in the very beginning stages. So when it blow up, I can say I was there in the very beginning stages. You know what I mean? That early support. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's yes, what's sir. up. And that's that's no bull because he legit like hit me like, champ, I want to be on the podcast. And I'm like, yo, when you out here next? Because right. my boy, he travel all the time right. with work. And I'm like, when the next time you are, and he definitely showed up. So that's what's up, man. So let's jump right into it. Let's uh, let's get the people familiar with who you are first of all. So okay, let them know who you are, what you do, um, all the accomplishments that you have. Because you know, I wouldn't even do it justice justice if I tried to. It's all good. It so down. I'm Chassie Note Roper, uh, Grammy nominated songwriter, vocal producer, and producer, engineer also. Um, and I got in the game as an engineer. Originally, and I would engineer the song and vocal produce the song. So, mm-hmm. so like for example, Rico would write the song, mm-hmm. and Rico, Rico Love, Love, he would write the song, and I would come in and vocal produce it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got my I worked my way in the game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and accolades is irrelevant. I got a couple Grammy nominations, but <laughs> like, um, couple, just yeah. Like. <laughs> but that to me, that's the that's the least important part because no, sure. at the end of the day, it's really about the longevity of it. Because I really, I, I actually got my first check, which was working with Jamie Fox and Foxhole, mm. uh, and that was back in two thousand and four, I think. Okay. So I've been around about 15, 15 16 years. Yeah. Officially, because you you never really official till you get a check. Mm-hmm. Now I was I was doing it prior to that, but I never got a check. Right. So my first check I think is two thousand four. Foxhole, that was the um the the serious comedy. comedy That's what it was right? called. Okay. But it was off of his company. That was his company name. Oh, and they just they okay. just made the uh the serious satellite show name that. Called the Foxhole. And the the crazy part was, me and Rico was out here working with Jamie, mm-hmm. and he had he said, well, "Why don't y'all come to the Foxhole?" So Rico was a guest on there. Okay. The other guest was Kevin Hart, but he wasn't the Early blo- Kevin. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, what was the bad movie he was in? Uh, soul Plane. He it was a Soul Plane. Soul Kevin Hart. Plan. And they yeah. was and Jamie Foxx. If you if you YouTube it, mm-hmm. Rico Love, Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart, Foxhole. It was that. It was an episode. That was the episode. And they were Jamie Foxx and the other dude. I can't remember. That was his co-host. They was killing Kevin Hart about. How bad the movie was, How but Kevin movie. Hart was killing both of them niggas, man. Yeah. So we get to the studio, and Jamie was like, "Yo, he was killing us both." Like he, of course, on on the thing he was, but when he yeah. got to the studio, he's like, "Man, that that he gonna be huge because he was destroying both of them back to, and they was killing him, yeah. double teaming them, but he was laying them both out." So. It was back then, so that's about how long it's yeah. been. Yeah, you know, Kev called with that because I seen him on Wildin' Out, and uh, he like roasted the entire cast, like. No, it was just quick. Yeah, he was just knocking them down. Yeah, he yeah, be, with he, that. he gifted with that man. Yeah, but man. that was really how I got my start. Like okay, my, my official you in the music industry. That was my start. Right that was there. it. So right there with Jamie, you was engineering over there. I was engineering and vocal producing. Okay. So I was doing both. Mm-hmm. So like I remember a song. It was that Rico did. He wrote. It was called Hell of a Life and DJ Toon. Mm-hmm. He was there. With, we was all in the studio. He he did the production for it. The song okay. never made the album, but I never forget that was my first like session that I was in with him and whatever. It was a song called "Hell of a Life." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was dope, man. It was good. It was a good experience. You know, you when you first get in with somebody that's I guess I guess considered a star, superstar at the time, mm-hmm. you nervous because yeah. you've done it a hundred times, but still the nerves. Still don't leave, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, you still get that nerve because I mean it's Jamie Foxx, like one exactly. of the biggest dudes in the at that, especially at the time. It was it was it was he was like at the height. Yeah, doing uh, I forgot the big movie he had did. Right, I think it was a football. No, it wasn't. Oh. It was before that. It was like uh, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, that's yeah, right, something like that. It was Willie like around, Beeman. yeah, steaming, steaming Willie Beeman, uh, yeah. something Willie Beeman, <laughs> something yeah. like that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, steaming Willie Beeman, that's what it was, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the quarterback. So it was around, yeah, it was around then, exactly. yeah. So it was back, back then, you know. What yeah. I'm saying? So I mean, how was it? Like you, you a young, you a young guy in there, and now mm-hmm. you, you up, and it's Jamie Foxx, and you got to make sure this, 
You know what I'm saying? You know, like, it tell was, me about that experience. It wasn't bad, man. It was because it was like he made you feel comfortable in the studio. Like we was clowning so much mm-hmm. and we was clowning and working at the same time. So the edge was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he knocked the edge off. He wanted everybody to feel comfortable. You know what yeah. I mean? And then the crazy part is, I never forget that session. There was a guy, we used to call him the Mexican Michael Jackson, right? Yeah. It was his first time interning okay. in a studio. He was our intern. Mm-hmm. So our rule was like everybody got to be on good energy, but it was his first time. He never experienced working with being an intern for or, or being a runner for artists or right. producers. And um, so we would just treat him like he was one of the guys. He just was an intern. Yeah. So we treated that guy so well because we didn't want nobody's energy to be off. Mm-hmm. So fast forward maybe seven years later, I go to and it was this was done at Record Plant Studios. Mm-hmm. So I go back to Record Plant and I was doing a Rihanna writing session there. Mm-hmm. And I walk in the door. The first person I seen was his name was Antonio. Mm-hmm. I see I see him. I was like, Mexican Michael Jackson. That was his nickname yeah, that we yeah, made for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mexican Michael Jackson, what up, baby? He's like, Cino, what up? Rico was just here last week, man. I just asked how you were doing. I'm like, man, yeah. how you doing? He's like, man, I run the show now. Wow. He was like, man, I just want to. I told him, and I wanted to tell you, I just want to thank you, man, because you guys were my first session, and I it 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 was like a make or break point for me, and because mm-hmm. of how everything went, and y'all treated me so well, mm-hmm. y'all didn't treat me like the intern. Yes, yeah. I did things that needed to be done, right. but y'all treated me so well that it encouraged me. And he said, I thought every session was going to be like that. He said, but y'all were one once in a lifetime guys because. Jamie treated me good, and y'all treated me good. I didn't know if y'all were big or not, but I just knew you guys treated me well. And I had sessions after that that were way tougher than you guys, but because the the, the tone you guys set, I was able to c- continue to work level through and level up. Uh-huh. And he was like, if you ever need something in this studio, in this Westlake or that one, you let me know, and I got you. And uh-huh. I'm like, wow. And that showed me right there that you always treat the janitor like it's the CEO. Yes, sir. Because they just might be the CEO one day. One day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Imagine we the treated dude like shit. Yep. And then now he running the show. And then you walk in there and you gotta and be he, like he's not gonna forget. Yeah. I probably wouldn't remember him, but he was not gonna forget who 100%. I was. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. people remember you good or bad. Mm-hmm. I'd rather for you remember me for the good. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's just an example. That that right there showed me at that time that this is something that you gotta Keeping your mental roller decks, even though I'm not gonna treat anybody like shit. And yeah. I just wasn't raised that way, but yeah. it just it just showed that that really works. That yeah. really that really stands true. You know what I'm saying? It's a real thing. And yeah, that's, that's one thing. Like I always tell my boys is I don't treat people like shit, and I don't let people treat me like shit. Word. You know what I'm saying? Word. Like that's yeah. the that's the one thing I try to get to them. Like you never have to be like you know a dick or you know a butthead to nobody. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right. they they're not gonna be that back to you. Either, exactly. You know what I'm saying you gonna exactly. get that you. You give out good energy. You should expect that back from them. Exactly. You know and if I mean? you don't, you know how to cut it cut it loose. You cut it loose. And I, you know what I always realized too. You ever notice how you even like, especially social media is real bad with it. Yeah. People will be like, "I'm getting ready to just turn off all my social media. I'm done with everything. If you want me, holler at me. If you got my number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two weeks later, who's liking pictures? Right back. Them. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, why you gotta make a? Na- if I'm cutting you off, you're gonna just notice, yo. What yeah. happened to such and such? What's C know that? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I it that that's an example of just do what you be who you are at all times. Mm-hmm. Because it, it eventually either you're gonna contradict yourself yep. or you're gonna be really who you are. One who of the one are. of the you know what I'm saying? Right. So I agree hundred percent with that um with that that statement you just made about your sons, like either Make sure you demand the respect that you give, Absolutely. or you you demand the energy that you put out. Absolutely, yeah, work. So I want to go back real quick because you said you how you and Jamie Foxx and all that was clowning in the studio. Now when I got out here and I got around some comedians, you know they'd be clowning too. Mm-hmm. Now one thing people might not know is in Milwaukee. Oh, we get it in. We roast one hundred percent. We rib is one hundred percent. We'll yeah. get you. So how, how were you holding your own against them? Don't, no, don't. I wasn't. In, I wasn't a part of it. I was oh, sitting off to the it? side. Okay. It was it was Jamie Foxx, <laughs> Kevin Hart, and I forgot the other brother name. Yeah, he had dreads, but he was like okay. the co-host. Yeah, them niggas was going at it, okay. and Rico was at the table. He was being interviewed. I just was with him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I was out here to work, uh-huh. so I just can't roll with him. Yeah, and I was over there on the side eating snacks. Like, yeah, I'm talking about drinking the the, the Patron and eating. 
all the whatever they had. Enjoying all the amenities. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I was just a just a spectator. What about in the studio though? When y'all got in like studio sessions? Oh, we was just clowning. Just we was just clowning. we just had, but okay. the clowning wasn't jokes. We, okay. It was just clowning about in general stuff, whatever yeah. the topics were at the whatever time. That's how I normally how studio tripping. sessions are. Yeah, we just tripping out. You know what I'm saying? Like he was telling us stories. I'm not gonna repeat the stories because yeah, was, for sure. you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. But he was telling us certain stories we was tripping out about about people. You know, it just it, it, it's just like a different atmosphere when you're in the studio. But yeah. it's always a fun atmosphere because if you ain't having fun, bro, it just, it, it's just not gonna come out right. Right, it's not you know gonna I mean? come out right. Yeah, and that's what's up. And that's a you know, I say that because when I'm on set with like with some of these comedians, like I'm usually just chilling. Like I've been on set with like Joe Torre, Bradman, and like mm-hmm. little JJ, some other comedians and stuff. I'm usually just chilling. And I crack jokes, but I'm not really getting on nobody. But the moment somebody shoot one my way, you right back like, out. All right, you started it. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. No, it's right. coming. Yeah, no and doubt. It's, it's always a good time with comedians though, because you fact. really you get to test like see if you really good at uh-huh. what you doing when you with comedians. That's a fact, man. You and you you could tell legitimate comedians because I, I I remember I was uh leaving from Houston mm-hmm. in Bush Airport and I met uh, DC Fly, Young Fly. Young, yeah, yeah I met him, Fly. but he wasn't. He was just. Popping, he had just started popping from Instagram, Instagram. so they had flew him in town yeah. to do something. But he wasn't, he's not as big as he is now, right? And I met him in the, uh, in the airport, and I'm like, "Yo, you the you old boy from?" Uh, I didn't know what his name was, but I knew he was from Instagram. Yeah. And he he was he was you know how he do his ugly ass little boy that that type, of, yeah. and he had me crying laughing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was just any, just any." And yeah. he wasn't even trying to be funny though. Like yeah. he was talking to one of his his homeboys. I was with him traveling with him, mm-hmm. and he had me cracking up talking to dude. I was like, "Yo, dude, he got something." He got it. It's and then him. boom, you know. So it don't surprise me to see him him blow up as he has blown yeah. compared to when I just seen him literally with some slides mm-hmm. on and yeah. carrying his bag just yeah. like regular. So yeah, let's just let's talk about that too. Like just being your your authentic self because we touched on like the social media and then mm-hmm. you know DC Young Fly. One thing uh, that you you probably don't know this, but you know, growing up when I was doing music and stuff, mm. like it was always like the legend of Chad, like the legend of Ceno. Oh, work, yeah. It's, I used it's, to be yeah. like, yo, if I could just get Ceno to hear this one, it's, it's, it's still like that. It's, it's funny, still like that because uh, I'm trying to think who B Justice said it to me, uh, and a couple other cats that's in, in from the city. Yeah, it was like I we, I I thought you was gonna be an asshole because I always hear exactly and then I hear you charge all this money yeah. and all this type of stuff. I'm like, well, it's true. Some of it is true. Mm-hmm. I am an asshole at times, mm-hmm. and I do want my money if I'm doing my if, if I'm using my gift. Yeah, just like if if I ask you to come feature on a verse, I, I'm not gonna say just put a verse on it. And if if you're doing a you know what I mean, mm-hmm. so the. I don't know what the legend, I don't know what people say, but at the end of the day, once people encounter me, it's a different yeah. situation because different. I'm naturally a teacher. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is see what your weaknesses are and kind of give you pointers into what I think that can maybe positively affect what your gift is. Mm-hmm. And to me, you you are everybody already know what they're strong at. Yeah. But what people don't do is reckon they know where they're weak, mm-hmm. but they don't recognize they it so that they can weak. enhance it. That's all. It's yeah. like if you're working out in the gym, if you have weak chest, you know you're going to do certain kind of incline, decline, flat bits or whatever, or, or, or dumbbell, flies, whatever. But one thing you can't do is you can't open your head, head skull up and put your brain on a treadmill and say, Tread. work out. Figure it out. And just let, and let your brain run three miles like your legs would do. Yeah. So what you got to do is you got to see what your weaknesses are mm-hmm. internally. And then work internally on what it is, but we, when I say we, I mean black, black folks. People, yeah. We don't like to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, and that's to me, that was my thing. Make sure you know what your weaknesses are. So one, you can work on them, but two, you can get somebody to fill that spot to help you with it. So let's say if you're an artist, you build a team. You know I'm terrible at marketing, so I'm gonna hire somebody who it's all your job is to do is marketing. I'm bad at being on time. This is my manager, so he gonna make sure we got to be where we got to be. And to me, that was things that I would try to teach people. Yeah, the the the, the most wealthiest individuals in the world are that because a lot of them are extreme. You got like a Bill Gates who's extremely smart, or Warren Buffett who's extremely smart, or I can't think of Zuckerberg that they Zuckerberg, just naturally yeah. gifted. Uh, Elon Musk, yeah, and yeah, they they naturally gifted thought uh, thinkers, mm-hmm. but then you got other cats like Puff, mm-hmm. who know how to put people who are better at things in positions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And wherever he's weak at, you got people like you got people like Russell Simmons was like that. He was mm-hmm. great at, at things of that nature. 
You got people like L.A. Reid. He's great at that. He know how to delegate. You know what I'm saying? Those, to me, those are, to me, some of the most unsung geniuses mm-hmm. because they're genius enough to know where the lack is. Yeah. And they're, they're genius enough to see what that person's gift is that can fulfill the need of that lack that they have. And to me, that's what make an all-around so-called mogul. Yeah. Or that what they call it. Yeah. But to me, they're just a thinker to me. That's just another way of being a... a a thinker, and that was my goal when I work with different artists, saying, "Okay, you weak in this area, so for somebody to find somebody to fill that hole. You weak in that area, find somebody to fill that hole." But the way I would say it, yeah, was assholeish. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, do you think that that's mostly what it is? Especially like you just think about the mentality of people in Milwaukee in our city, and it's hard to give somebody. Criticism, right? You they think you're saying? a hater, and they take it as you're a hater, right? You're an asshole, right? So I think that might have been more of what, like, one person came and told somebody, like, "Man, he knows tripping. He talked about this, this, and that." Because you probably called him out on something they was mm-hmm. weak on, and said you need to work on that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So yeah. Let, let's talk. Let's go back to to you were talking about Puff and Russell Simmons and everybody. Right. Just talk about like building the team. You know what I'm saying? Because that's one thing that. I'm working on doing now because mm-hmm. I was a one man band for so long, mm-hmm. and like now it's just getting to the point where like, why am I doing this by myself? And I'm losing more than I'm gaining right. by doing this by myself. So the hard part, see, the thing is, is to find the right teammates right. because the turnover is always high, mm-hmm. especially when you do the black community. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So because everybody want to be the chief, nobody want to be the Indian. Mm-hmm. Now the goal, my always my goal as quote unquote the chief mm-hmm. was to prepare whoever was the Indians at the time to become chiefs. Right. Why? Because I look at it like this. If I'm a chief and I put you on to become a chief mm-hmm. and then you put somebody else on to become a chief, they all come under our tutelage. Mm-hmm. When I need you, because you're a chief, you may have something I need. Yep. And it's, you're gonna out of respect and reverence for what I've done for you, you're gonna in return Possibly not saying it's you entitled to, but you gonna want to show love back for the mm-hmm. most part. If I'm picking, if I'm discerning, my discernment is right, and I'm picking the right individuals to help become a chief. Right. So to me, that was always my goal. Mm-hmm. If cats like Biz needed help, I was there to help him. Uh-huh. If Prep needed help, I was there to help him. Yeah. If Sounds needed help, I was there to help him. You know, I, I could name, I could just go on and on and name people, but guess what? If I got an artist I'm rocking with and I need help. I can say biz, I need a pack. Any one of them. And they ain't gonna be like, it's gonna be 20000 for the pack like he do everybody else. He gonna be like, when you wanna get him out here, when you wanna get him in the studio, yep. let's do it, big bro. Yep. If I say sounds, I need such, he gonna say, send them to me mm-hmm. or fly me to them. Yeah. Like, the record is just, and it's, the other people is gonna be like, well, this, talk to this person and they gonna put together, blah, nah, it don't be like that. That's because when you show people love and do things for people, and I'm not saying I made them chiefs, so let me clear it up. No, no, no. I'm just using them. I'm using those guys as examples of people that I show love to when I was in a, a, a good position. And now that they're in a good position, I'm still in a good position. But now that they're in a good position as well, it's easy for me to be able to use the use their gifts to collaborate with what I got going on. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I want to make sure everybody get paid. Yeah. But if there's a situation where the situ the, there's no budget. Just the strength of love. Let's figure it out. Let's make it happen. Let's yeah. figure out how we can eat together. And then they also know you're not gonna put you put them in no bull. No, at one hundred percent. If I'm coming to you with this, it's because I believe in it. It's exactly. Because I know this is gonna exactly. go somewhere. Exactly. And you know, if it doesn't pan out, then it's all good. Right. You know what I mean? But and that's basically to me what a team like to me. If you got a team and if if, if you don't go into it as a part, if we if we come into it as a partnership. It should last however long we want it to last. Mm-hmm. But when you're building a team, what you should be doing is growing those individuals to eventually leave you within a certain time frame, depending on whatever you got going on. Yep. Like with me, I never expect somebody to be with me more than five years. Yep. If that's the case, I didn't do my job mm-hmm. as a leader because I let them, I led them astray and just to consistently make them as worker bees. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's cool, but eventually worker bees get old. Yep. So how are you going to keep... The new worker bees coming in to make honey. Yeah. 
Yep. That's whack. So you got to make sure you consist. So what you're doing is you're teaching them how to scout talent, just like you scouted talent. Yeah. You're teaching them how to, if it's vocal produce, teach them how to vocal produce. So if you got two vocal productions, you got to get done. I can go one place, they can go another place. You're teaching them how to engineer so you can engineer your, your, my session and I can engineer the other session. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. Production and everything else. Or cameramen, women, mm-hmm. whatever. So to me, that's an important piece that we don't do as black folks. Mm-hmm. The other nationalities do well. Yeah. Particularly the Asians. That's they are amazing with that. You know how you say, uh, you know, you're out here building chiefs. Um, I really like that because, you know, my big bro, Godzilla, he mm-hmm. did the same thing for me. And that was, he found me and Mars Music. I was in there making beats and stuff. He came over. He liked what I was doing. We ended up getting cool and chopping it up. I came to his studio. Right. And he started just showing me everything. And I was in there every day with him. And, you know, we became, you know, brothers at that point. Mm-hmm. But he was telling me that his mentor that taught him told him that all he would have to do is, what is that? Uh, helicopter. helicopter? I got this. Just pause it. Just pause it. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. People know, like, we do this in the house, all right? We utilize every, if your house can't make you money, then you don't need you to in the wrong You're in the wrong yeah, work, work. So, yes, this is a crib. We live here. There will be helicopters flying over. You might see my dog run out here, the baby or something, but we, <laughs> we still going to get it in. You know what I mean? Word, word. <laughs> but, yeah, so like I was saying, he basically told me, like, his mentor said, I'm going to teach you everything, and your job is to go out and do it to somebody else. And right. I was that person. And I took that with me when I got here. Like I guess I was saying I'm on my my second assistant now, which is EJ. She's dope, but I had a first assistant. Her name was Natalie, and now she's working at one of the biggest post production facilities out here. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, right. and that's that's good because I'm building chiefs, right, and then a network that you can touch back in with. Exactly, you know exactly. I mean? So if you need some post production, you know who to roll to. Exactly. You know she's gonna do a tight right, and she's gonna make pay special attention because it's you. It's you know me. what I'm saying? You gave her the game, so why not? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I think that's dope, man. At the end of the day. What we all need to do is, I heard, a, 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 I think his name was Nuri Muhammad, a, 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 one of uh, Nation of Islam okay. gentlemen, and he was talking about how African Americans spend $1.7 trillion and each different uh, a, a culture spends less than us but the the difference is their money cycles around their community several times so he was like the Asians cycle 15 times the Hispanics is like 9 or 10 times mm-hmm. white folks is like maybe 8 times and then blacks zero zero he said you want to know why it was on, I think it was a, a Vlad interview okay said, you want to know why because we don't own nothing so we don't have resources. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have resources and no ownership, you can't spend with each other because you don't mm-hmm. own enough to spend. Nothing to spend with. What grocery store, what black grocery store are you gonna go to, mm-hmm. to to buy groceries? Mm-hmm. What black gas station are you gonna go to to buy gas? Yeah. So he was giving amazing examples, man. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that that's facts because we don't support each other when we can support each other, mm-hmm. let alone we should be supporting each other. And that's the big difference. Yeah. So if we start supporting each other in this aspect, like mm-hmm. uh, mentoring somebody and, and helping them become whatever they could be, mm-hmm. then you'll start subconsciously supporting other. You'll look for the black spots to go to yeah. just on GP. Because that's what I do. When I'm yeah. out here, I look for all the spots where take me to the hood so I can get whatever I'm, you know exactly. what I mean? So it just, it just a, it's a second nature. But if, you never, if you're not taught that, mm-hmm. then you won't. Uh, practice what what you're not taught. You know, no, it's kind of like that. Uh, you seen that uh that Killer Mike special? I think he yeah, I saw that. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, for a day. Yeah, it, it, it was hard for him to do that it because was hard for him to do they ain't have nothing. Like a black bike, who owned bikes? You know, right. like it was. It was. I saw the whole mm-hmm. thing, and I was. Yeah, and he was making valid points, man. It, it makes valid you think, points. Man. Yeah, it, you know what's what? What uh, another thing that I like about Milwaukee now is there are more black businesses and small yeah. businesses popping up. Right, you know what I mean. Like I haven't been down there, but I heard the Sherman Phoenix. Like that's a lot. That's of, dope. It's very of, dope. It's very dope. Yeah. Bro. It's What's going dope. on over there? It's, I, it's you got everything. You got pizza spot that's real dope called Sauce and Spice is real good. Mm-hmm. Then you got barbershops, uh, uh, makeup artistry in there. You got a uh, 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 juice kitchen, mm-hmm. the Shindig. Uh, they're in there. Then you have 
other elements down. It's just dope. They did a great job with the Sherman yeah. Phoenix. I'm about to come check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's real dope. But and then they, they also have different, you know, uh artists may come in and perform in there or, or elected officials may come and speak. It's a lot of different things they have going on. I'm not there quite often, but the times I've been there, it's I mean they got yeah, it's it's amazing, it's amazing what they got going on. And to me, that's what it needs. It needs more of those type of things mm-hmm. in all black uh urban or black communities. Mm-hmm. You need that kind of thing where you basically loving and showing love to each other. That's mm-hmm. the key. And that's what we lack. Yeah. And I notice that we'll do it in areas where it doesn't make sense. Like we'll promote killing each other like on a song mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. popping these drugs and so then the youngsters is ki- dying ODing on the drugs. Mm-hmm. We support that quick, quick, fast in a hurry. Yeah. But then you what is the support when it comes to something that's in a positive light? Mm-hmm. Now there is that there is some, but a lot of times we'll get magnified. It's not as loud. It's not as loud. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there are there is there are both. Yeah. But the negative side of it is much louder than the positive side. Why? Because the negative side is side is not owned by us. The record companies own that. You think who, who own the record company? It ain't yeah, us. It ain't us. So what they're gonna do? They're gonna turn the volume up on us talking bad or doing something destructive to us, uh-huh. as opposed to Quavo gave a million dollars so that fifty kids can go to college. Uh-huh. They're not gonna promote that promote as that. much as they promote him. I'm just, I'm not. He didn't. I'm just oh, saying. Okay. I'm using, that, I'm using that as an example. <laughs> an example. I'm just giving yeah, an example. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm trying to pick things about him. I mean, no. I mean, I mean, Twenty One Savage do something right now. Yeah. In Atlanta, he does a lot. a lot. He don't get a lot of promotion though. Mm-hmm. But when he got locked up for shooting this or blah blah blah, they promote that. Oh, when he got locked yeah. up for the, uh, the ice, the ice, yeah. the ice thing, ice thing. Uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, national, yeah. He's not from here, basically. Right. Yeah. But they 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 promoted that. But they don't promote one. His once he got out, he went and grabbed you know twenty thirty young uh, Atlanta kids yeah. and and teaching them about credit and this and this and that. Yeah. They ain't promote that. Like not like at all. you know what I'm saying. Or they ain't promote. Uh, a lot, how you how, on the song a lot. How many times you got shot a lot, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah, a lot, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They they promoted that way harder than they did the other thing. So that's you got to also keep that in uh, to account. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that they're gonna push with their uh, certain agenda because one, they're making money, mm-hmm. and that's really what they care about. Yeah. Just like you could you I, you could use the example of sports, right? Yeah. LeBron, when LeBron was getting ready to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers, Man. people thought he was wrong for deciding to leave and whatever, whatever, whatever. First time or the second time? The first time. The first time, right. Right? Okay. They went crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it was a big issue. How could he not be loyal, blase, skippy, whatever? Mm-hmm. Now, you think if LeBron James got injured where he couldn't do what he do as LeBron, they would have gave a damn if Dan Gibbert would have cut his ass? No. One day. They wouldn't have gave a shit. Mm-mm. But because he the white man, mm-hmm. it's okay for him. Mm-hmm. But when a nigga want to call his shots, it's an issue. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Them NBA stars, baseball players, or football players don't owe them motherfuckers nothing. Mm-hmm. Get your check, move around, call it. Like that's why I like the NBA over football. Yeah. Cause they call the shots. The players the call players the shots. Yeah. yeah. They figure out what they NFL, want. NFL? No. None. None. Nothing. Yeah. First of all, the lifespan of an NFL players weighs shorter than an NFL player. Yeah. But two, it's like a good old boys network in that motherfucker with Facts. all them, them, them uh, uh, owners. Yeah. Good old boys. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, and then they, they when one of them died, when one of the good old boys died, they was the greatest person in history. Never. Never. <laughs> Never, bro. You think, you think when Jerry Jones kicked the bucket, niggas gonna give a fuck? Never. Michael Never. Irvin and them, the niggas who played for him, mm-hmm. everybody else don't give a fuck. Yeah. Jerry Jones don't like no niggas. No. He ain't never like no niggas. <laughs> unless they on the field. Unless they on the field. Yeah. Making him some it. money. You, do you think Jason Garrett, if he was a black, if his name was Jerome Garrett, mm-hmm. you think his ass would have lasted 11 years coaching the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Not at all. He would have never coached one day. Not one game. As the head coach. Mm-hmm. Okay then. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm saying that to say... As athletes, it's cool as long as you're the lower level. And now LeBron James is not a lower level by no stretch of the imagination. Right. But he is not the owner. Mm-hmm. So it's cool when anybody that's underneath the owner do – it's cool when the owner do something, but it's not cool when somebody like 
an athlete decides what they want to do with their body, with their future, uh-huh. making the money they want to make. Then they put the narrative on, oh, he's not loyal. I don't yeah, like that. Exactly. Like, you know what what the messed up part about that also is that us, we won't even a lot of times even support that. Like we'll fall into that narrative. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. when LeBron was doing it, like I'm like, yo, he's the best player in the world. It's called free. Agency. agency. He could decide Dude, what the he fuck wants he want to do. Right, right. Bro, if you play, everybody wants you. Figure out what you where you want to go, man, and how much money you want to make. Exactly, and they can make all. The, and they had they had niggas like Stephen A. Smith on on there talking about this and that and this and that, yeah. And it's supposed to be right because he black. Mm-hmm. No, it don't yeah. matter. No, niggas should Still be able to go wherever they want. Exactly. It don't matter. He doing what he doing. Stephen A. doing what he doing to get paid. Yeah. Give him a check, but it don't matter what. The, the 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 just like he was talking about the uh, KD. Uh huh. He think it's the weakest move. He entitled to his opinion. Yep. But at the end of the day, KD he controlled where the fuck he want to go. Yeah. He now he, he Stephen A. Smith wouldn't do none of that barking or nothing if if it would have been the owner of OKC mm-hmm. doing something to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He might have said a little something, but he wouldn't have made all the raise all the hell he raised when. Kevin uh, yeah. Durant, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a different situation. Now yeah. I, now mind you, he entitled to do what he want because he's right. trying to get his money, he's trying to be that, which which he ended up doing. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you got you got to look at both sides of the fence, why certain things a certain way? They do, and, and not not to make this a sports podcast, but even this the move like AD, like right. He said he didn't resign. Like, right. Of course he ain't. Like why should he resign? No, right y'all ain't been 500 ever right. since the nigga been there. You think like, he want to stay with y'all? I mean, even though even even if he does want to stay. Why would he resign now when I heard he can make like way more if he resigns? Of course, of course. So why y'all try to lowball him now? Like, exactly. Don't give it to him. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You, you know they do that with the, not this ain't a sports podcast by the way, but you know they do that with, with they trying to do that with the, what's the black dude Dak Prescott? Prescott. They want to franchise him so they can pay him less money. See, nah, oh, man. Now mind you, I ain't a Dak Prescott fan. Yeah, yeah. Because he did the, he did the, he did the uh, the shucking and jiving shit uh-huh. when it came to Kaepernick. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So I don't fuck with him no way. But right. still. He a black man. I want him to get his money. Exactly. If the white man gonna give it, if he, if he getting it from the white dude, he might well get all he can get. Exactly. But I don't fuck with Dak Prescott on no level. I'm glad he at home right now, watching the. He's, <laughs> watching he's, it like he's, us. He's a bitch nigga to me. But <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, he still has the right to get all he can get. Right. Because he his body only lasts so, so much. Long, you know what I'm saying? So I want the man to get his money. Exactly. Whether I like him or not. Yeah. That's just how I am. So what do you what do you think? You know we. We need to do what we can do to like kind of change this narrative because another thing that I, I just had a, a meeting at this one uh, at this streaming service is a black streaming service, mm-hmm. and uh, basically they were telling me, you know, they were just talking about how people are like, oh, why doesn't BT have this on there? Why doesn't BT have that on there? Like, let's just say some some kind of a ratchet show, mm-hmm. and he was saying like, you know, people watch these shows, right? right. We watch these shows. It's black people watch these mm-hmm. shows. We'll watch it on the white network, but as soon as it's on the black network, it's different. But the and crazy part like, is, why are you portraying us like that? The crazy part is, it's not even a black network. BET is owned by white people. Exactly. So there's not. It's but not even a black. The perception is perception it's is, a black network because yeah, they owned by not, Viacom. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Viacom on VH1. Yeah. What do Love Hip Hop come on and all other shit? VH1. VH1. Mm-hmm. So they just. Doing what they do best, and they use a black woman to facilitate it. Yep. Mona Scott Young. Yep. To facilitate it. Yep. Now I ain't mad at her. She she doing what she's supposed to do. She but at the end of the day, you can't you can't blame black folks for something that they don't own. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it has to get okay by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So none of those channels that are considered black is not they're not really black. They're not really black. You know what I'm saying? They have black. Programming, Programming content, yeah, but they're not black. Yeah, so that's the difference to me. Is you gotta, you gotta, you gotta basically Tyler Perry the game mm-hmm. and own your own shit. Then you can control the narrative. I saw Byron Allen one time speaking about it was a white executive, and he was asking him, "Why is it such a big deal that black folks care about? I guess the Oscars being." Uh, so, so white, so white or whatever, uh-huh. and Byron Allen killed the man. He said to him, "Do you have a daughter?" He said, "Yeah, I do." He said, "Are you okay with everything she learns about growing up to be a young woman coming from me?" Mm. And Dude said, "No, I w- would you?" He said, "Would you be comfortable with that?" He said, "No, I wouldn't." Mm. 
He said, so why do you think I will be comfortable with my daughters learning how to become black women from you? Mm-hmm. He said the white man had to sit there and just... Yeah, to. You fucked him up. Shut him up. Exactly. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's things like that. that you got to have that thought process. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that's key. Like, you got to be able to make sure that whatever it is you're doing, big or small, that you try to have some kind of ownership because what ownership mm-hmm. is say-so. Yeah. You don't have ownership, you don't have the last say. That's why I respect uh, Lena Waithe mm-hmm. with that Queen and Slim movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I got to see it. Right, but check it. The key, the key, whether you've seen it or not, the thing was, her goal was to make sure she had final cut. You know what that means as a as a uh, director. Exactly. So she had final cut. They gave her the budget, budget and all that, everything to do whatever, but she had final cut. Well, basically, for those who don't know, that basically means you say what goes and what stays in the movie at the end before it goes to the theater. This is it. My, That's my decision. It. This is it. That's how I cut it. That's and, how it's going And out. you know what she said? Mm-hmm. I didn't want nobody white telling me how. No nose from white people. I'm straight. And that's where you got to be with it. Yeah. So even if you're not, uh, even if you're doing something, that to me is still a, a form of ownership. She gave us ownership over the content because it's, it, black, it's black content. Exactly. And it's So black, how a white man going to tell me stuff. how a black person supposed to speak? React in this situation. Or they don't have a fucking clue. Yeah. Because there's conversations that you got with your sons mm-hmm. that them motherfuckers ain't got to have with their sons when they, they come start it. driving. Yep. So at the end of the day, to me, that's where it goes. It all boils down to that. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's key. So that's sure. how, to me, they can talk about the what the, why the black network have this or that, but it's not a black network. Mm. There's no final cut from. It has to be okay. It has so, to be okay by somebody. And ain't no nigga in there giving the okay. Giving the okay. Stephen Hill used to be able to be in there. I think he left though. Mm. So mm. now you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And even then, Stephen Hill answered to somebody at Viacom. Mm-hmm. So you gotta think about it like that, bro. So it's impossible because we don't own it. Once we start owning it, Oprah, Oprah. she own hers, so she got the final cut yeah, of everything. But that, if you look at her network, it you can tell that it, she has it. Though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it just it just depends, man. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to team up too, just like when Oprah first started on when it was struggling. Tyler Perry teamed up with her to help yeah, her with she content gave her shows. Right. Yeah. So you got to do stuff like that as well. That all goes back to the ability of creating chiefs and Indians mm-hmm. and creating those in, Indians to become chiefs. Mm-hmm. So that's that. she did it with him. She did it with Ayanna Van Zant. Mm-hmm. She, she did it with Dr. Phil. Facts. <laughs> yeah. She, she put Definitely him on. Dr. So, Phil. Yeah, so to me, that's how you kind of got to view it, bro. Yeah. Like, that's the, until, until you get to, into that scope and that realm, then that's even with the music industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of niggas doing deals with these labels, which is cool, but what a label that can do whatever they want, they want mm-hmm. QC. Mm. Do whatever the fuck they want. QC do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. Uh-huh. They just got a big amount of money. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they want. Because what they did was they put their foot down when they was creating their content. They was trying to get fucked. They almost got fucked by Lior uh-huh. at 300 over there uh-huh. with, with the Migos. They had Migos, like a little yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. But they, they, they fought through it. They weathered that storm. Now they own 100% of they, you know what I'm saying? And they do whatever they want to do. That's kind of like what Cash Money did back when they like the first, the first company to actually do that. Well, oh, was it No Limit? No Limit was the first. No Limit was oh, the yeah. First. He was the one who cracked the code. He cracked the and code. And everybody followed that suit. Mm. Yeah. That P yeah. was the one. He is that dude. Yeah, though. P was the one. Like, he cracked the code. He cracked the code. Yes, sir. And so now did. everybody was able to follow suit. Yeah. He cracked the code. But wasn't nobody getting no deal like P after that because they realized they've made a mistake. Because what it was was- <laughs> We can't they, do this no more. Right, because they underestimated it. Yeah. It goes back to being able to see talent, mm-hmm. which a lot of times it's us who see the talent. They take advantage of the talent that's been saw on or sawed after or whatever. Yeah, after, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, P was able to see the talent and he they thought this shit ain't going to do nothing. This is just some old blah, 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 blah. And they said, okay, whatever. You just we distributed. You take eighty five. We take fifteen. Yeah. P knew at that moment. Well, what 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 he knew at that moment was when he said Jimmy Iovine tried to offer him a million dollars. He said, man, I ain't had no money like that. But this man offered me a million dollars. You know you got. Something. You know I got some. Mm-hmm. He said so. He turned it down. Yeah. Because the first person offered him something was Jimmy Iovine. Uh huh. And then he he turned around to get that eighty that eighty five fifteen. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when he knew he, he was up to something. So that's why, if you notice, that nigga was putting out music every week. It felt like it was every somebody. Week, yeah. He put somebody yeah. out. And he was when you, that 85, when you, when like you get that, yeah, but when you got that kind of split, uh-huh. you can take that risk because you don't need much to be uh, in the green. the green. Yeah. Yeah. It's different with them when they owning you know the, the lion share. Uh-huh. To get in the green is hard because they're gonna throw all type of shit in there. Yeah, to mess it up. Man, so, when somebody somebody coming at you with that bread and it's a a number you ain't never like. What was it? LeBron said he turned down like ten million from Reebok. Reebok, yeah. And he was like, "Bro, I ain't never seen this type of money in my life." Exactly. But he said, "I know my brand. If they giving me ten million, it, it means a hundred somewhere. Come, somebody yeah. come the back. And they, somewhere. they ain't up getting ninety. They ain't up getting ninety. Then he got the undisclosed, uh, the, undisclosed the undisclosed until you number from forever <laughs> from Nike. The, the, you know that was a bad. The Billy, who you yeah. know that was man. It's, it's a billion something, yeah. if not more. Yeah. So to me, at the end of the day, that's what it's about, though. Yeah. It's about basically knowing what your brand is, and then he got a bunch of smart guys around him. Though. Oh yeah. You know, we we talking about building the team." He built his team. Exactly. He took all his guys. But you know what I noticed though? What's that? He did. He did something that's very rare. Most people that build a team only see the people that they have in positions at that position, mm-hmm. and that's where they fuck up. Mm-hmm. So if I got a team and you my engineer, all I see you Always as is an engineer. engineer. That's it. Mm-hmm. Or if, then if she's my uh, my hook writer, mm-hmm. all she do is write hooks. Yeah. How do I know she can't A and R project? Mm-hmm. Probably the coldest A and R. That's what I'm saying. You never know until they leave mm-hmm. and go do it for somebody else. Yeah. Now you salty because you didn't get them opportunity to spread their wings, and that's what most black people do when we empower positions mm-hmm. because we want to stay in power. You still you don't you don't become less of, of a power if you're able to allow people to do whatever their gifts is, Facts. and that's to me is a big issue in our community. Facts. If you my guy and I'm and I bring you in as this, that's all I can see you is. But then I go give a check to another motherfucker uh-huh. that ain't even your guy who don't even care about you like I do because I'm your guy, or you care about me because yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But I go give a check to this person just because they did it before for this such and such. But now they really only doing it for the check. Yep. You doing it because you want to see me win. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And to me, I would rather start a business, a company, and have, and it, it ain't got to be music, it could be anything. anything. We, we making software shit. Yeah. And you a coder. Uh-huh. I would rather for you to be, you, you, you're good at marketing, but you're good at creating the code. Mm-hmm. I'd rather say, okay, well, what other, what else can you do? And you start showing me. And I'd rather rock with you as we grow instead of going to grab a, a marketing person. Mm-hmm. Who really there for the check, and when the shit don't work, all they do is leave. All they do is leave. So now you dead broke, you fucked up. Facts. They didn't care no way, but you gave a fuck, mm-hmm. and you still there because you my because you my nigga. You fuck with me. Yeah. To me, that's what we do as black folks. We yeah. only see people where they are, not where they can be, and that's an issue. And that's why we don't own shit. That's why we're not successful. That's why our businesses don't reach millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. It's getting out of the mindset as black people who actually become entrepreneurs and stop seeing the employer employees or the people that's on your team as only that. Because yeah. there might be something in them that'll blow, you know, that they can, they can blow up and be something bigger. And it, it makes you look better. It's like you was the guru behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So to me that's it. That's why we mm-hmm. lack behind and less and white folks, what they gonna do is they're going to be the fucking president. Yep. They're going to get their guy to be the vice president and teach yep. him how to vice president. Be teach the vi- him how to vice president. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Teach him how to vice president. Look at that. Look at and, that. And, and, then they, and then the vice president, they're going to put their other guy to be the, the, the COO uh-huh. and teach him how to COO. And then mm-hmm. they, that's how they do it. Yeah. So instead of saying, let me go, champ used to be a COO. Let me grab this nigga and put him. Nah, hell no. no. no, no. We're going to teach show you how to Bill do how to do that yeah. shit. Yeah, that's not, niggas won't do that. They won't. Niggas will just tell you what you can't do and leave it alone. Instead of saying, "Well, you got the, you got this kind of skill set. I'm sure you can do this if you put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. Read this, figure this out. Blah yeah. blah 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 yeah. blah. Then keep working so I, you could be in position. That's what LeBron did. That's exactly. That's why he did. winning. That's why. There's a lot of other motherfuckers that's t- just as talented in other areas of their lives that they don't reach their pinnacle of success or they 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 peak and then drop because they don't allow people who actually give a fuck about them. One thing about LeBron team, mm-hmm. they all love him as their friend and brother. Uh-huh. So they're not going to try to do nothing that's detrimental to him or his LeBron. brand. Period. Right. And it's, it's deeper than money with them. And that's the, that's the issue that's that most mean. people don't have is people like that because they getting motherfucking from, I start a record company. I go grab a motherfucker who worked at Sony. I go grab a motherfucker who worked at this. Pro- 
These are people who just worked there. Yeah. They had no track record of being that nigga over there. Yeah. We never had no relationship prior, or if it was, it was just a uh, casual. Mm-hmm. Ah, why you gonna do? Why don't you go get? Why don't you create the next L.A. Reed or the next Sylvia Rome or the next? Yeah. To me, that's how I, that's how I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Like it's cool to work on Beyonce album. Everybody yeah. want to work on it. But imagine you the motherfucker that create the next Beyonce. Next Beyonce. You was a bad motherfucker. Think yeah. about the people who signed Taylor Swift, bro. Mm-hmm. I, ain't, I ain't a big Taylor Swift fan, mm-hmm. but she had plenty of hits, dog. Facts. Think about it. I think about the people who passed on Lady it's, Gaga. Exactly. But think about it. So think about you the one who... Think about Akon. Yeah. He feel, he's still spending Lady Gaga still money. Forever. Right. So yeah. to me, that's what it is. Everybody wanted the, the ushers and the blah, blah, the Chris Brown. Who is the next one? Grab them and see what's happening. See what's happening. So then you could be the QCs. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah, it wasn't rap groups popping like that. To Migos came out here going crazy. That's facts. See what I'm saying? That's facts. People, people thought something was wrong with Lil Yachty. Mm-hmm. Went crazy. Mm-hmm. All them artists. I'm just saying. At the end of the day, it takes that type of person. And then even if you look at their company, they put people in position that they fuck with. That they know they fuck with them. So if something go wrong, they gonna be just as hurt. The person who's involved, it's gonna be more hurt than the, than the niggas who own the company because yep. they don't want they fuck with them people. They don't want them to lose. Yep. And that's how LeBron cats. I saw the thing they had on ESPN Plus, and I can't think of which the one of the gentlemen, one. huh? The more than the athlete, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, the heavier set guy, I can't think of his name. It's not Maverick or it's not Rich. It's the other dude, it's the, other dude yeah. the one who be with LeBron all the time. Mm-hmm. He said the biggest mistake we made was allow him to announce he was going to Miami that way. Mm-hmm. Once that happened and we saw dude say he was on a retreat or something, vacation with his wife, he left to go meet with the team in Miami to figure out how they can clean that shit up. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So, so they got to protect the brand. They got to protect the brand. And it's just protecting their boy at that point. Exactly. It's but more the, than the brand. The difference is mm-hmm. most people don't have their real friends around them. So when it's time for protection, them motherfuckers is gone, dog. Yep. Your yep. real niggas is going to fuck with you when you at your low. Yep. They're gonna be there helping. They're gonna be there to help you. And they're gonna they gonna do what sacrifice whatever they gotta do to make sure you bounce back. Yep. That's the type of friend I am. Uh-huh. My friend, I see my friend fucked up over here. He doing or she doing something and they need help, but it's and it's something that I have a skill set at. Man, just call me, tell me when to show up. I'm there. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure this shit out. You gonna give it. I believe in you as a whatever your skill set is enough that I'm gonna rock with you for free. Yes, sir. Let's just get it done. Let's get what we gotta do to get it done. So when you back up, nigga, we we up. We good. And right I can go back. do what I've been doing and just holler at when you need me. Yeah. Now, that's that's how you're supposed to be. And that's not how we are. So we don't own shit. We don't, it, it, all that is a trickle down effect of what I was just talking about. Yeah. We only see people at where they are, not where they can go. And that's key. You know what? That's one of the first things I ask people too. Like, you know, I ask either Natalie or EJ or, mm-hmm. you know, my other little homie Andreas that I work with, I always asking when they come and do something for me. You know, I sit down and I'm like, yo, what do you, what do you want to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is your, what is your 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 passion? What's the goal for you? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You you dropping a lot of jewels and a lot of knowledge, and I, and I know we're gonna have to do another one of these just because we ain't even get to. No, nah, we just getting warmed up. You know, we just getting warmed. Yeah, we getting up. warmed up, and, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I really appreciate you coming out here because you you flew out here to do this. I mean, I know you took some other other meetings and everything, and that's what you should do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you came out here to 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 rock with me. You know what I'm saying? At no the doubt. crib. <laughs> you For know, sure. On the podcast. For sure. The thing is, I remember when you first moved out here, uh-huh. and you called me and said, bro, I'm fresh in LA. I don't know if you got any plugs, anybody looking for some work, but let me know. I'm out here to work. I said, right now, I'm cold out there because I've been on the other other coast. Mm-hmm. But if I hear anything, I'll let you know. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I didn't have nothing for you, but don't think I wasn't calling trying to find something. It just oh, it was a time where it was I was cold in this area. I'm yeah. hot now over here. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm hot. I don't know where it came we from. Back. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, I was on the phone looking like, yo, you need some behind the scenes work. You need this and this and that. Well, no, I really ain't got the budget, blah, blah. I nigga, if a nigga would throw you two G's, it's better than zero dollars, bro. Than zero, yeah. So to me, I just respected the fact that you was able to take that risk. And most of us don't take risk because we we live in fear. And that was one thing that I respected about what you did is you had a had children, a family, and you still didn't wouldn't live in fear. And most of us are not successful because we allow fear fear to dominate our mindset as opposed to allowing failure to occur, but learning from the failure and to continue to push on. And that's what I, that's the respect I had about you have about you. So anytime you need me, 
on the strength of that you would take a risk, you would bet on you. I'm gonna bet on you because you'll bet on you before I bet. If I bet a hundred thousand, you're gonna bet two hundred thousand on yourself. Mm-hmm. I respect people like that. I don't respect nobody who want me to put the whole three hundred thousand in. Mm-hmm. That's whack. Yeah. At least one fifty, one fifty a piece. And it, but you'll say, I got the whole three hundred. I just need you to stand to the side and make sure don't nobody fuck it up. Cool. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the sign of somebody who is destined for greatness. It don't surprise me that she got Thirty and fifty thousand dollar cameras around here. You got lights <laughs> worth two, ten, twelve thousand dollars. It don't surprise me because yeah. at the end of the year we live in you living in a two million dollar house. Like this type of stuff <laughs> don't surprise me because you was willing to bet on yourself. Yeah. And most people from our hometown mm-hmm. won't even bet on themselves because mm-hmm. they got to do this or they got to do that. The reason why I got my first Grammy nomination was because I was working as a a, a youth crisis stabilizer. And I got fired on a Monday. My nigga Sounds hit me. This was Monday morning. I, my nigga Sounds hit me in the afternoon and said, See, no, just call, you just crossed my mind. What you got going on? I said, Not a damn Not thing. A damn. Now, I could have did one or two things sit there and mope, mope about that. He said, Man, you should come fuck with me in LA. I said, I'll be there tomorrow. He said, Word. I, I ain't got nothing to do, bro. He said, How long are you going to stay? I said, A month. I'm going to give myself a month. I stayed out here a month. The first day I landed on a Tuesday, bro, mm-hmm. he picked me up from the airport and said, hey, I got a call from Sony ATV, which is who he was published by at the time. Mm-hmm. They got writing camps. I want you to roll through with me. Mm-hmm. My best ability was my availability. I was available to be there, but I could have allowed fear to take over, and I would not have came. I would have just moped. But because I don't give a fuck about losing, I end up winning just because of that. And always, I always remember that my best ability is being available. You can never do shit if you're not available to do it. So that, to me, is how I want to end it out, bro. Man, I'm going to end it right there. I mean, that's whew, chills. I'm going to end it right there, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, let the people know where you can be. You can see you on social media, reach out to you and no all doubt. that kind of stuff. Twitter, Instagram, all that. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram is Chassis No Roper. Chassie you can Note find Roper. me, uh, Snapchat, everything. It's Chad C. Note Roper. You can find me everywhere. Now, don't follow me if you want all this extra. All I do is post inspirational things. That's my mm-hmm. thing. Or you're going to laugh. Mm-hmm. That's all I post. Yep. That's all I care about for social media. I don't need social media to make money. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I'm posting inspiration. I, I want you to have a bad day. Come look at my page and your shit. You got you some medicine for the day to keep mm-hmm. it going. That's what my page is about. And there it is. There you have it, man. I hope y'all enjoyed this one. This one was great. I enjoyed this. Just sitting here recording it, man. I know I'm going to go back and play this, replay it for days and days to come. So let me know in the comments if y'all like this. You know what I'm saying? Drop a line of some a bar that y'all got out of this that y'all enjoyed, that y'all took something away, a little nugget y'all took away. So until the next time, appreciate y'all, and we'll catch y'all in a minute. Peace. Peace.